This is the Wealthy Trucker Podcast. My name is Eric Neely, and joining me today is Jared Williams. How are you, Jared? I'm doing great, Eric. Glad to be uh, talking with you. Awesome. Well, hey, Jared Williams is a leading expert on investing for cash flow using biblical and non-Wall Street investments. He has served hundreds of stewardship-minded Christians from around the world to protect their families, increase their cash flow, take back control of their finances so that they can experience freedom to do all that God has uniquely called them to do. So, Jared, uh, I guess the first question in my mind is, is what is the business you're doing and how are you helping people in, in a biblical manner from within their finances? Yeah, well, that, that's a that's a big question. So as I talk, <laughs> you're welcome to kind of narrow that down for me some if, if you want to. Um, but uh, at present, I am in the business of you know, coaching and providing uh, courses. So one-on-one coaching and uh, online courses um, on just a, a variety of different topics. But um, I would say that the, the, the highest goal that I'm trying to help people uh, achieve is to become financially free or financial freedom for God's glory. Um, and so for me, you kind of described it in that little uh, that paragraph there for me. Uh, and we can talk about financial freedom and wealth and, you know, those sorts of things. But the, the for God's glory idea is that, you know, we're not we're not called to um, retire so that we can, you know, eat, drink, relax and be merry. Um, I, I'm not always accurate with my scripture references, so I know them well, but not the not the references. But I believe it's Luke 12, and I may be wrong about that. I'm confident on Luke, not the chapter, um, but the story of the um, you know the well, the wealthy farmer essentially who you know his barns got full, and he said, "What am I going to do? Well, I'm going to tear those down and build bigger barns, and then I can eat, drink, relax, and be merry." And you know, God judged him for that, condemned him, and actually you know killed him in his life that that night. Um, and said that you know the righteous would take his his possessions, his belongings, um, and I think that was condemnation on that idea of you know retiring or becoming financially free for our own benefit, you know, just so that we can eat, drink, relax, and be merry. Um, versus, I think Scripture makes it clear that we're called to be you know productive and fruitful and faithful stewards of what God has given us, and um, and I think we can do that. We can do that. Obviously, we we can and should do that throughout our entire lives. Um, but we can really do that to a greater degree when we have freedom of time, you know, when we can choose to do what we want to with our time. And, and some people obviously feel that there's ministry in their work, and, and I do um, for, for sure. But, um, but I think there are a lot of people who would do different things with their time if they had that freedom of time to, to do it. Um, and so that's what I want to help people achieve is financial freedom at whatever age, whether they're, you know, typical retirement age or, you know, long before that, so that they can do whatever God has uniquely called them to do. Um, now, I have no idea if that exactly answered the question you were <laughs> you, you were asking or not. We can, again, focus that no, that's down. Great. But, but that's that great. is I mean, kind of the idea. Gotcha. Now, I just kind of wanted people to get familiar with what you're doing and who you are. And, yeah. you know, the... I think it's probably obvious to those who who have been listening for a while why I've brought you on here because the focus of my of the wealthy trucker it really has four elements in in my at least how I lay it out you got faith family fitness and finance and all four are very important I mean finance is very very important it's something that everybody uses I mean you have to handle your finances responsibly in order to be a good productive citizen. So yeah. it's, it's definitely an integral 
thing and it's not something that we're well educated on in my opinion and uh and so anyway and then the faith element the reason i have faith as the number one thing that i list in those four pillars there is because if if you don't have a solid faith foundation i feel like the other three just fall apart and really they end up becoming the guide in your life and and then life falls apart because of it. And so the fact that you are the biblical wealth solution, it, it rings really strong in my life. And I mean, that's why I've reached out to you to, to for guidance on that. And uh, um, full disclaimer, I've used Jared in it and his products and services um, in my own financial life. And, and so anyway, that, that's why I brought you on here. That's why I wanted to have the conversation and kind of dive in deep and honestly i want to find out why you even develop the biblical wealth solution because you know when i talk about real estate stuff or even the wealthy trucker the idea that i would hold my christian faith out there in front of me it was nerve-wracking when i started thinking about doing this and getting into business and and, and always holding my christian faith out in front of me because there's probably a certain level certain clientele I'll push away for holding my beliefs out there. And it took me a while to finally come to terms with that, I guess. It really took me a while, I guess, to have a strong enough faith before I was willing to do that. And so I can imagine that maybe you went through something similar as far as that struggle goes in in your own mind and life. Um, So, So I don't know. I just want to throw that out there to you. How did you get the confidence to create something called biblical wealth solutions? Yeah, great question. And uh, I muted myself for a second. Sorry if you could hear the dogs. Maybe they don't pick up on this mic. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> my, the rest of my family just got home from their homeschool co-op for the day. So, of course, the dogs announced the arrival of anyone who makes it near the porch. So, um, But hopefully it'll be a little quieter now. And again, my mic may not have picked it up. So this may be a necessary thing to say. Um, but you, you kind of asked me two questions. And so I want to I answer the first one first, and then I'll get sure. to the um, to the second one there. So the first one was just kind of, you know, why, you know, develop biblical wealth solutions. And, um, you know, it, it was very much, uh, I believe, a providential thing. You know, I did not set out to even have a career in, in finance. You know, originally my my degree is in social work. I spent a few years doing uh, social work, doing, uh, you know, in the foster care industry specifically. And the whole idea um, there was to be a career missionary. You know, that was the goal when I was in college was to eventually do career missions and um, just various life circumstances, you know, that didn't, uh, you know, that didn't pan out. Um, And I think, you know, ultimately because God had a, you know, a different plan, um, even though that's what I was pursuing, but getting into the finance industry was, um, not on accident, but it wasn't a part of the plan. It was um, more out of necessity, honestly, and, and very part-time for a few years. Um, and then it was just a long evolution. And so, you know, even even several years into being in the finance industry, um, I was approached and, uh, well, I met a guy at a, my church's Christmas party and he was my parents' age and we were having the, what do you do, what do you do conversation. And he told me about this idea called biblically responsible investing. Um, and at the time, like I had... Um, you know, I had some investments myself. I had helped a couple of people invest. I mean, really, really small scale. I wasn't, you know, full in the investment, uh, you know, industry at all at that point. Um, but I'd never thought about, you know, what goes on behind the scenes 
of, of my investments. And he helped me understand that there were, you know, a lot of companies, especially in the stock market, especially in, you know, the S&P 500, the big companies, um, you know, in the U.S. And, and big companies internationally that, you know, support and even profited from um, unbiblical activities, things like abortion, pornography, and addiction to be kind of the big three for me. There's other things that they look for, but those are the big three in my mind. And, um, you know, I, I remember telling my wife uh, after you know that conversation, I was like, that was probably a providential conversation. I was like, I, I had been approached a few times about getting into the investment industry. I had been doing mostly insurance prior to that. And I'd always be like, no, that's too big of a responsibility. Like, I don't want to be helping people with their, you know, retirement nest egg. If I make a mistake, it's, it's too much. Um, but I really felt compelled by this idea of, of biblically responsible investing. Um, and so that was the beginning of it. And I spent several years, you know, really as what I would call a typical financial advisor, um, except that we use these biblically screened mutual funds, right? Um, so it was very much, you know, the, the sort of Dave Ramsey approach, but with special funds. Um, and, and that's what I did for several years. But while I was doing that, I began seeing, you know, problems with that typical approach. I began seeing that things just don't often work out the way that families think they're going to. Um, there's a lot of assumptions um, that are, you know, undergirding everything. And, and oftentimes they're just not true or they don't work out the way that people think they're going to. And, and uh, you know, those plans don't work a lot of the time. Um, and they typically only work if everything goes according to plan. But as you and I know, life rarely goes according to plan, at least mine doesn't. And um, so I began trying to learn about other ways to, uh, you know, solve some of these, these problems, you know, stock market problems and retirement specific problems and, and things like that. And so that was a, you know, a multi-year process of learning, um, you know, discovering using whole life insurance, uh, you know, for the various benefits it has using real estate investments. And then, you know, later on learning more about multifamily syndications and, um, you know, now that's broadened into, you know, uh, a fairly large arena and, and a fairly large, you know, different approach to, to how, I go, how to go about things. Um, but it really was born out of there's the biblical investing, you know, piece over here, but it's the very, you know, Dave Ramsey typical financial advice side of things. And then there's people doing, you know, using real estate and, you know, other kinds of unique strategies. But to my knowledge, there weren't any, you know, Christian voices on that side of people who were, you know, helping think beyond just the financial pieces, but the stewardship pieces, the stewardship aspects of that. And, um, you know, ministry aspects and impact aspects of that. And so I really felt like there was a, a hole and that, that God had just really ordered that, you know, I went through a very unusual process through the, the, you know, financial industry. Most people start out with some big company and they get trained and, you know, they go through these things. And mine was just very unique. Um, and I, I got to learn a lot of things and had a lot of unique experiences that most uh, you know, financial professionals don't have in, in a number of different areas. Um, and so I felt just, uniquely gifted and uh, skilled to help people still do the biblical investing, but do it, you know, with alternatives to the stock market. So I'm not, you know, anti-stock market, but having alternatives and having a, a better approach to it. Um, and yes, I definitely felt some fear around, you know, calling it biblical solutions, being that, um, you know, just upfront, uh, you know, about it from a, from a marketing standpoint. And yeah, I'm sure that there are people who, you know, are not clients of mine because they, you know, aren't Christians. They, they don't agree with that, or it's something that's not a priority. Um, but ultimately I just, 
I, I knew there were a lot of people who were very passionate about the biblical investing side. It was a, you know, a, a part of the industry that was growing. Um, and that's just who I am. That was the, the language that I speak, the way that I think. And, and it would have been really difficult to, you know, divorce that from my, you know, coaching relationships that I have with, um, with clients. And so, uh, you know, I decided that there was just, there was just no point in, in hiding, you know, sort of speak who I was or worrying that I may lose business. Um, you know, ultimately God is my provider. Um, you know, whether, whether I have a little or a lot, that's, you know, his, his call at the end of the day. Um, and so I didn't need to, you know, to be afraid of that. Um, but I have struggled. I mean, even, even now, sometimes that's a struggle. Like I've, I've, you know, I occasionally reconsider, you know, the, the name of the company, the brand, and, um, you know, a lot of the financial things that we're doing would be good and apply to people regardless of their faith. Um, and so I do, I have thought about, could I be helping more people, um, which with things that they genuinely need help with people who really do need help, but who won't talk to me or wouldn't talk to me because, um, you know, of this brand, knowing that I do some fairly unique things, um, that, even in the, you know, the industry as a whole, I don't know anyone else who's doing things quite the way that I do. Um, so, so, you know, I go back and forth with myself on, on that, but it's a, it's a big change. And um, I've also found that while if there are people who haven't worked with me, I don't know about it. They've just been to the website or been to the podcast and left and never talked to me and I don't know about them. Um, but I definitely have made a lot of connections with people that I know don't share my faith. Um, but they do share my financial philosophy and they do like me and I like them and we can have a good working relationship. Um, you know, even if we aren't in agreement on, you know, everything faith and worldview, um, wise. So anyway, to, to my knowledge, to my knowledge, it hasn't been, um, a, a problem. And, and I think it does attract certain people as well. And, you know, from a, from a business standpoint, that's a good thing. I, I think some people come and, and do talk to me and are open to my ideas, because they do see that we align from a, a faith and a perspective and a worldview uh, standpoint. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I, I've come to find more and more that the, the more I hold my faith out in front, the, the more I attract people who do the same thing. And it, it creates solid partnerships and relationships that, I would have not otherwise made. So, yeah. you know, God's going to put it together no matter what. And you know, I think when we rely on that, that that's the ultimate uh, thing to do. So, yeah, it's a, uh, but good. I'm glad you, glad you shared that. That's, that's powerful. And that's, I mean, once again, the reason that I was drawn to you was because you held that out there. And, and then obviously the more I learned about it, the more I realized that uh, you are actually playing that out in your business. And, and that's for, you know, conducting business in that manner, I guess. Yeah. Not, not just using it as a marketing tactic. Cause I was worried about that too. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, not, yeah. not worried about you, but you know, just in general, I just, it's something that I, is always in the back of my mind of just being cautious and, and, and whatever. So, well, you yeah. mentioned a couple of things uh, when you were talking in there that that prior to my financial education um, would have struck a negative tone with me. And okay. one of them was whole life. And so 
maybe expand on that a little bit because honestly, I used to sell life insurance and I sold a term and I was educated on why you should only invest in term or I mean, not invest in term, but why you should only have term Mm -hmm. and whole life is just a terrible thing and you should avoid it at all costs because (laughs) people are just there to uh, take advantage of you with it. And that's honestly, that's what I was trained and how I was taught. And that's how I thought right up until I started learning about the power of utilizing it as a store of funds or an investment vehicle. Now, I don't want to speak to it. I want you to speak to it because you yeah. you lay it out much better than I do. I, I may be somewhat educated on it and I utilize it, but I don't know how to, uh, to talk all of the terminology. So I'll let you go after it. Yeah, well, I like you, uh, you know, I got my start in the finance industry with, you know, Primerica Life Insurance Company. And I don't know if we talked about this. That's probably who you're talking about. Um, exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. They're, they're the only... <laughs> They're the only term-only group that I know about. Um, there, there may be others. <clears throat> um, I know of agencies that are term-only, but they're the only actual life insurance carrier that I know of that's term-only. Um, and when you hear somebody talk about they had a short stand in life insurance, that's, that's likely you know, who it was with. But um, So yeah, that was my beginning to the finance industry. I had a buddy call me up and, um, and he had been he was in the process of being recruited uh, to join Primerica and sell life insurance. And he wanted my opinion on it. And um, that was the first time I'd ever seen a, a multi-level marketing company. They were, they were not so ubiquitous, Dan, as they are today. And so um, I had to learn what that was. And then I you know, looked into what they were teaching from a financial perspective. And you know, that was, um, well, prior to really any kind of formal you know, financial training on, on my end. And um, so I'd read some books and that was the extent of my financial knowledge at that point in my life. But I, I agreed with their ideas and uh, told him he should sign up and I'd sign up under him because I needed to be, we had a baby on the way and I needed to be making some extra money as it was because um, social work didn't pay very well. And um, so it was several years later um, and I had been out of the Primerica you know, company for a long time. I was working with well, goodness, I had uh, spent some time in a, in a you know more full-scale insurance agency. So I did sell some life insurance there. I sold, but mostly I sold business insurance, some home and auto and things of that nature. Um, and even had gone on and you know was in the investment advisory business by, by this point um, when I was first um, re-educated, I guess, on whole life. And I remember at one point I sat down with a, an agent from Northwestern Mutual that I knew who sold a lot of whole life insurance. And um, I was like, okay, we've got some time. I want to, I, I really want to learn and consider what you're saying. I want you to, you know, sell me on this idea and I'm going to ask questions and I'm, I'm open. I really want to learn. And, and it just made no sense to me. And we just, I had to be like, I'm just gonna have to agree to disagree it and walk away. And we're still friends, but I do not understand what you're saying to me. Um, so it was a really long process. I mean, one to two years of, of me, um, learning, testing, reconsidering, you know, being, being open to it. Um, I will say that I am not a, I am not a uh, silver bullet type of person. I don't think that everyone needs whole life insurance. I don't think that everyone needs multifamily real estate or real estate at all. Um, you know, I do think everyone needs to have an approach and a strategy and understand what they're doing. Um, but I'm somewhat, you know, agnostic when it comes to the products. Uh, you know, I'm definitely not anti-term life insurance. I have a lot of term life insurance on, you know, me and my family. Um, but I did come around to understanding the, you know, the value of whole life insurance and seeing that it is, it is ultimately an asset. Um, 
you know, unlike term life insurance, where you are essentially renting, you know, your death benefit at a much more, a much lower cost, you know, with whole life, you are over, over the period of time, you're purchasing a, a death benefit. And, um, you know, people ask, they're trying to learn more about cash value uh, and things like that. So um, I finally understood that cash value is really, uh, you know, a death benefit equity. And when I thought about it, like home equity, you know, I get to, uh, if I buy a home, I get to use the home now and I pay for it over time and over a long period of time. I make monthly payments. I pay for it over a long period of time, but I get to use it today. And over time, as I pay off that mortgage, um, you know, I'm building, I'm building equity, home equity or ownership of that home, but I don't own all of it in day one, but I get to make use of it. And, and whole life insurance is very similar in that now obviously I don't live in a death benefit, you know, but the death benefit is there from day one. And over time I'm building up cash value or what I think a better way to understand it is death benefit equity, you know, in that policy. And just like with home equity, I can use that equity along the way. I can use my home equity while I'm still living in the home. I don't have to sell the home to get the equity. And there are multiple ways of doing that. Um, and so I learned, you know, A, the benefit of, of a permanent death benefit um, is, is substantial. And, uh, and there are multiple ways of utilizing cash value and letting it um, just enhance many of the other financial strategies, investments, approaches that, that somebody might take. Um, I, uh, I won't take more time to elaborate on it here. Uh, frankly, I'm not uh, I'm not necessarily great at, um, you know, speaking on whole life. It's something that I, I have a good understanding of and, and definitely see the value of and know how to implement in the policy um, and not in a policy, in, a, in, a, in an overall approach. But I don't do a lot of day-to-day -day life insurance work anymore. As you know, I have a partner who, who handles that. And so when people are looking, on the, looking at life insurance, whether it's term or whole life, or, well, that's pretty much all we do. We don't do, we really don't do universal at all. Um, and for good reason, but, uh, but he handles that sort of thing. But for your listeners, if, if they are interested, um, I have a, I have a, a three-part podcast series um, on whole life. And so I really dive in, I scripted that. So like I spent, I spent a lot of time on that series. Um, I had wanted to, for a couple of years, create an educational resource that really, you know, explained what whole life insurance is, why in the world it matters, why we should consider it, you know, and kind of answering the question of why would I pay more for a permanent death benefit? And I really answer that question, you know, I'm biased, but very, very well, I think, in, in those episodes. And then how can I use the cash value? You know, what's the value of that and, and how can I make use of it? So um, that's the Biblical Wealth Podcast. You can find it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And it's, it's in the early episodes, it's the episodes 10 through 12. Um, where I really dive deep into whole life insurance. And um, like I said, I, I, uh, I learn lots of these things and I compile them and I create resources on them. And then they're, they're in the back of my mind, but I can't always pull up a, a, a polished explanation of things um, you know, on demand, which is why I love having podcasts that I can send to people and say, hey, here's the really good explanation. Because if I do it on the fly, it's not going to be anywhere near what it, <laughs> what it should have been. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Sometimes on the fly is... is... <clears throat> This is good. I mean, explaining it the way you just did there about the home equity and uh, mm -hmm. it might, that explanation in itself might ring true with some listener out there right now. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah I've had to heard, I, I've had to have heard it explained in multiple different ways. And I read a couple of books on it mm -hmm. before I fully started really grasping the concept because you're right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's 
very complex, but that's the value of a financial education. So, yeah. and, uh, and being educated on podcasts <laughs> is, is an easy way to find that education and free. <laughs> and passive. You can do it in your truck, uh, which is, yes, which is awesome. Right. <laughs> or when you're washing dishes or, you know, whatever. So no, man, I love, I love podcasts and I love creating podcasts um, for, for, you know, for all of these, uh, all of these reasons. Um, but no, I did, I did spend a lot of time testing it. I mean, I built spreadsheets out and I got illustrations and I, you know, I really did a tremendous amount of homework um, before I began selling whole life insurance or, you know, partnering with Riley to, to help sell whole life insurance. I mean, bringing it to my clients. Um, yeah. I really needed to feel confident about that. And it did. It take a long time um, before it clicked. And it was it was multiple conversations, uh, you know, multiple seeing things before I really kind of saw um, saw the value of that. So, um yeah, I remember us having some conversations about that. I uh, I told Riley we have a we have a joint client. You know, it was someone who contacted me after listening to the podcast, and um, and then you know we did some work we did some investing work together, and then I uh, you know introduced him to Riley to work on some other stuff, including whole life insurance. And this was a guy who is um, you know was a big a big Dave Ramsey fan, and so you know if anyone I'm sure everyone knows Dave Ramsey does not like whole life insurance. He's definitely a term only uh, term only person. Um, he, he doesn't say some great things, uh, but I don't agree with all of it, obviously. And um, so this, this client was, you know, late 30s, early 40s, um, had a family, had been following Dave Ramsey for years, was doing very well. And was, he, he literally was a NASA rocket scientist. I mean, that was his profession. Um, just extremely smart, extremely analytical guy. And, um, and, and so he and Riley went through the process of looking at whole life insurance. And there were a few different reasons. We thought that would be a really good addition to his um, you know, his financial approach. Um, it solved some unique problems that he had that some other products would normally have worked for, but in his case, wouldn't work. And um, I know he he really, he probably knows more about it than I do by this point. I mean, he ran numbers and, and you know, analysis after analysis after analysis. And ultimately, he was like, you guys are right. This is the most efficient tool I have to solve, you know, this, this, and this problem. Um, and and it, it is a really good product. And I had no idea. I would have never you know, thought that. And so he ended up buying a policy for him and his wife and, you know, I've put some pretty substantial money into it. And, um, you know, I felt good. Uh, I felt good about that. Riley definitely did the heavy lifting, not me. Um, but to be able to show someone with that degree and depth of, of analysis and questioning everything, um, <clears throat> that this product really is, you know, all that its um, proponents say that it is, and, and them really taking action on it and being able to, you know, change their mindset um, felt like a, a major, you know, win, not only for us, but for, you know, for his family, it will, it will d- certainly um, solve some unique needs. I'm not going to go into more detail about what those are, but there, there were some unique circumstances and it will serve the, serve him very well. Sure. Yeah. I think if, uh, if somebody wants to learn more about it, they should definitely check out the Bibl- biblical wealth solutions podcast. And uh, well, you, you just have, a tremendous amount of educational material on your podcast. I listened to most of them and uh, so far beyond just whole life. I mean, we, we yeah. can beat that. We could beat that horse forever and, uh, and not, <laughs> not cover every thing on it. So I think we should just move on from there, but uh, yeah, it's uh, anyway. Yeah. Check out the biblical Wealth solutions podcast um, to, to learn more about what Jared does in, in all of these different areas of, financial help. So, um, but going 
beyond that. So now we kind of know what you do and, and a little bit about why you do it, but can you start maybe back up? Like where'd you grow up and, and what led you into your Christian faith? And, and then how did that develop into where you are today? I know you have yeah. to summarize it all quickly, but <laughs> <laughs> where'd you grow up? Yeah, I grew up in, in Northeast Tennessee, um, very small town. No one's ever heard of for sure. Um, and I'm, I'm not in the same town, but I'm, I'm about an hour away um, in a, a slightly, lar- slightly larger place in Northeast Tennessee. Um, and I've, I've gotten to travel a tremendous amount, which has been great, but I've always lived, you know, right in this, in this area. Um, and it's, you know, it's been a wonderful area. Um, I was raised in church. My mother, you know, had me and my, my one sister in church, you know, from the day we were born, anytime, you know, the doors were open. And, um, and so that's certainly always been a part of my life. And, um, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't until late high school and college when it really, you know, became my own. And I think that's probably typical of a lot of people who are raised in church where it was not just my parents are bringing me to church, but, um, you know, this, this is my own faith, my own, you know, relationship with Jesus, my own, you know, understanding of, of my sin and the, you know, the, the depth of my sin and um, the greatness of, you know, his, uh, you know, forgiveness and, and salvation that, you know, that, that, that grew. Um, and it has certainly matured. I mean, I, over time, I have become more aware of sinfulness and I've become more aware of grace, uh, certainly more thankful for grace. I've seen, you know, God's provision and, and work in a number of different areas. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to act as though, you know, because my company is Biblical West Solutions. And I think this way that, um, you know, I'm, I'm the epitome of a, of a Christian man. I mean, I, I have a lot of um, a lot of room for growth there, like we all do. And I think I think the more that we know, the more we know we don't know. Um, you know, the more we realize we have room room to grow. Um, so, you know, in college, college days, spending a lot of time studying my Bible, spending a lot of time doing ministry and and, and in prayer was easy. I had tons of time. College was easy um, easy for me. And, you know, now with four kids that we homeschool and a business and, you know, being the sole provider and man, time is so much more limited. And, um, you know, I find it a lot more of a challenge and a struggle and something that I really have to, you know, put work and effort into to make sure that I'm, you know, continuing in that, pers- in, continuing in that pursuit, not because of any, you know, doubt or, or lack of faith, but just the cares of the world, you know, the cares of the cares of the world, taking, taking my time and my focus and my energy. And, um, and so, you know, it is, it is a, a constant, uh, not battle by any means, but just constant area that I am having to be very intentional and, you know, continue to work on um, growing in. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that it has also become something that's very, you know, pervasive. And when it, it, I can't, uh, you know, I can't divorce my faith from my identity, which is why when I'm having conversations with clients, I don't want to be like, okay, well, this is a, we're not going to talk about it in this conversation. You know, it's just, it's, it's natural and it's there and it's kind of hitting, you know, every area of life, not only finances, but I mean, for, for me, education with my kids is a, is a huge area. You know, we, I know you talk about wealth and the, the four S um, I would, I would add education to that. It, it totally messes up the alliteration. So uh, you shouldn't formally do that, but um, but in my mind, education is a, is another component of um, of wealth, and so you know, understanding how to how to have a Christian education, how to incorporate you know God and 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 the Bible and you know truth into all of those aspects of what we're teaching our kids, even you know math and geography and things like that. 
um, you know, literature that maybe you wouldn't think of as having those aspects are important to me. So got a little off track there. That tends to happen when you, when you give me open-ended questions, I'm going to go somewhere that's right. <laughs> with them. That's the, um, that's, the, that's, that's what I want to get out of this podcast anyway. So it, this, perfect this is, is so that other people can get to know Jared Williams better. So yeah. they trust you more and, and want to uh, do business with you. So and that's half the point. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So anyway, I, I tend to be redundant. My wife tells me I'm, I'm redundant, but I am, I am, I am far from a, you know, perfect person who has it all figured out. And I, that will probably always be the case. I, I guess that will not probably will but, most but certainly will always be the, always case, be the case. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, you, you, even though you're Christian, you're still human. <laughs> right. Um, so, and it's it's so not there, even, yeah, go ahead. Go, yes. Is there, I'll get specific on you. Was there okay. a specific point in time, college, high school, where you realized that it was time to start taking your faith more seriously? Um, transitioning from high school into college that summer, um, that was a period where I don't know that something happened that I realized it, but I did begin to, t- you know, take it much more, much more seriously. You know, I, I began I began reading a lot more on my own. You know, I had been read a lot of Bible stories and stuff as a kid and, you know, been to church, a t- you know, all the time and all kinds of Christian camps and things like that as a teenager. And so, um, you know, I knew a lot of Bible stories and I knew a lot of Bible passages. And I knew, you know, a lot of things myself, um, but it wasn't until then that I was more consistently reading on my own. And that's a time of life, you know, when, when kids and I, yeah. I would still consider myself relatively a kid at that point. You know, kids are very um, curious and questioning and skeptical of things. And so as I began reading on my own, I just had all kinds of questions and they weren't, you know, like doubtful questions, but just, I want to learn more, you know, about this. Um, Definitely in college, I had a philosophy class and the the professor was an atheist and he, uh, he took great joy out of um, making it really difficult on Christians. And honestly, I think he, he did me and I know others a great favor um, by being by far the most challenging person, um, you know, that I had ever dealt with in terms of questioning everything about my faith. And so um, I remember getting out of that class and, and telling people that, you know, I, I went into that class being a Christian because I'd always been a, a Christian, you know, I'd been raised to be a Christian. And I left that class because I had had to, you know, deal with all kinds of questions. And I had had to read and study and pray and, and, and be challenged. And, you know, I left that class with a far stronger faith that, you know, was my own than I went into it with. Um, and so that was, it was a, I felt nauseous every day that I would go to that class. I don't like debate anyway, but I hated, go, I hated going into that <laughs> class. Um, but it, it truly was a gift um, to, you know, have, have wrestled through those things. So that, that's a time that I remember. Um, and then just multiple, you know, mission trips. I had, you know, the great blessing of traveling to a number of countries throughout college. And, um, you know, e- every time I was there, there were challenges and obstacles and, and new lessons and new things that I learned. And so, um, you know, it just became more and more a, a reality. And, uh, and as time has gone on, it's been more and more of a relationship and, and one that I, you know, like I said, feel like that is still, still a challenge and, and still a lot of room to, to, um, grow and improve. And even over the last, we'll have to totally change the topic of this podcast for me to elaborate here, but <laughs> even over the last few um, weeks, I feel as though I've had some clarity. I've, I've wrestled with why, 
why was it so easy for me to have the level of passion that I had for God and for his glory in college? And, you know, now nearly 20 years later, um, it's so much more of a challenge. And when I feel like it should be far deeper, that it should be far easier. Um, and so I feel like I've gained some clarity on that even in the last few weeks. And again, we, we'd have to totally like retitle this podcast yeah. if we're going to dive into that, but, um, but it's been, yeah, we can it's, have another it's one. been helpful. Yeah. yeah maybe, I, maybe in a couple of months, I'll have more clarity on that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm happy to, I'm happy to chat about that as well, Absolutely. but we'll have to just know we're going to take the time for that. Sure. Well, you're, what, what you're saying there, it, it reminds me of the, of the, uh, philosophy class that I took in college and, uh, I'm I'm not like you because at that age, I mean, I was also raised in in the church, uh, from born. I was born in the church, mm -hmm. and uh, when I took the philosophy class, I don't know, I, I was not healthy enough in my mindset to be able to even combat it. So, and I ultimately ended up dropping out of college, not because of that class, but I think it was a good thing I left college at that point in time because. I didn't have the ability to um, defend my Christian faith against it. And so it was a good thing. I just got away from it entirely for myself. So, yeah. But now, now later in life, I can very much dive into a philosophical discussion with somebody and, and, uh, and, and talk about it from a theological standpoint. And uh, if, if I was really cornered as a young man, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> so I commend you for being able to uh, to do that at, at a young age because that was not me. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I don't know that I uh, I didn't win any arguments with him. Uh, you know, it was more just I withstood the storm in the moment, and yeah. then I'd go back and you know ask the ask myself the questions and study and read and um, you know I could hold my own with students, but but this guy was very well trained and and practiced at trying to demolish right. everything that I had to say. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, say about it. Um, but yeah, ultimately it was, a it was a good process for sure. That's great. That's great. Well, Hey man, I don't want to keep us here forever. So I, I always ask everybody, do you have a favorite, uh, quote or maybe a Bible verse that, that you, that just refreshes you? Mm -hmm. I know yeah. I should have I should have set you up for this so you could be prepared, but I didn't. So <laughs> I listened to some of the previous episodes, um, so I should have known this was coming, but I did not remember. <laughs> I did not remember that. Um, but but no, Ma Matthew six is a passage that I find myself going back to on a regular basis for for a variety of reasons. Um, so a, a few two parts of Matthew six. You know, first of all, it's the you know. Do not be anxious for the things that you need. Like God provides for the flowers. He provides for, um, you know, he clothes the flowers, provides for the birds. Um, he, he will provide. And, um, you know, I don't know how many of your listeners have ever, you know, been, been in business for themselves, but um, it is a hard road. And there are some ups and downs and there's times of feasting and times of, of famine. And um, so just being reminded and encouraged that, you know, God will and can and does provide. Um, it's really helpful, even though I have seen him do it many times. Um, you know, I know it takes, it takes most people, you know, a lot of years to really establish a business out of, out of scratch. And, um, you know, that's been the case for me as well. So that's been a frequent, uh, a frequent passage to go to, but also there's some real, you know, investing financial wisdom in that passage as well of, you know, don't store up your treasures 
um, you know, on earth where moth and rust can destroy, but store them up instead in heaven where, you know, neither moths nor rust nor thieves can, you know, can destroy and steal. And those are, those are passages that I have contemplated and continue to contemplate. Um, and I feel a lot of responsibility as someone who talks about money, finances, investing, but also talks about it openly from a Christian standpoint. Um, you know, I have developed some authority in this space. And, you know, people come to me to help answer questions, not just where should I invest my money or what kind of insurance do I need, but to understand how, you know, they handled money and decisions they make go, you know, are, are aligned or not aligned with scripture, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm not a trained pastor. And even if I were, I don't know that that necessarily would, uh, you know, mean that I have all the answers either. Um, so I feel a lot of responsibility for, um, trying my best to, you know, give sound biblical uh, answers to those questions and for, you know, biblical wealth solutions to not just be merely a, a marketing tactic as you, you know, were cautious of when you and I first met, um, but that I am really, you know, trying for myself personally, you know, my own money, my own family to think through these things and then also be able to give, you know, sound, true, biblical um, you know, advice, answers, coaching to the people that I work with. Um, so anyway, Math Matthew 6 uh, would, would be the, the place that I find myself frequenting most often when I'm not reading through, you know, a plan or something like that. Perfect. Awesome. And then the last thing I, uh, I like to ask is imagine this, you're in a room full of teenagers and they're getting ready to go out in life and start, start their own life. And uh, the unthinkable happens you actually have their full attention. <laughs> what wealthy piece of advice do you leave them with? Oh man. Um, sorry for the awkward silence as I, as I think about that, I heard that question too. I really should have prepared for that one. The, the Bible one was, was easier. I should have prepared for that question. Um, I did. I did think about that when I heard you ask it, but that's been a while ago. So now I don't remember my answer to it. Um, I would, I would say to learn, um, I mean, knowledge, education, wisdom, um, that is the foundation of wealth and financial success, at least on the financial side. Okay. So obviously faith and, and family and, uh, you know, fitness, th those things are different and, and knowledge is good there too. But when it comes to finances, um, you know, I had someone ask me recently, what was the best investment that I've ever made? And um, or what's the what's the best first investment for someone to make? And, you know, my my answer is, is, uh, you know, often we should have protection, uh, various protections before we get into investing. But prior to that is is knowledge and, and education. Um, and so I would encourage them to, you know, save for the time being. Um, but, you know, before they just start investing because everybody else is or they have an, a 401k and they could invest or whatever to you know, to begin really learning and, and listening to a variety of sources and um, asking lots of really great questions. And, you know, if, even a couple of years devoted to building a, a solid foundation of financial knowledge will make a vastly bigger difference than those, you know, two years of compounding interest that you would have gotten in your IRA or 401k or wherever you might have put your money. Um, so with, without more time to think through that question, that would be my off-the-cuff answer. 
There you go. Well, they are getting ready to enter into life and never stop learning is uh, it's probably not what they want to hear, but that is what they need to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, hey, man, how can uh, people get a hold of you if they want to, you know, find out more about Biblical Solutions or your podcast? What's, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah. So um, the podcast, just go to any podcast app, the Biblical Wealth Podcast, it'll pop up. You type my name in, it'll pop up too. Um, so that I'm, I'm easy to find there for sure to just, you know, begin learning passively. Um, uh, I will say right now we have two different coaching programs. And so for people who are listening and, you know, maybe interested in this, I know, uh, Eric, that you, you know, you are, you have, not are, you, you know, have created the ability, um, you know, for people to have access to multifamily investments. And I know that's something you're going to continue to grow, you know, as, as time goes on. And that is, that is awesome. And, um, you know, that's by far one of my very favorite assets. Um, so I'm, I'm very pro investing in multifamily syndications. Um, and uh, I've enjoyed, you know, having conversations with you and, and learning about watching your progress in that, uh, in that area as well. Um, and, you know, and while I certainly can help people with investments, um, I would say that uh, I would add to the value that you bring by helping people really build a firm foundation. Uh, you know, not only the way they think about money, but a foundation of, you know, protection and savings, which is essential, um, you know, before you really begin investing, especially serious investing, things like multifamily um, that take more than 10 bucks a month or <laughs> $100 a month, you know, to, to do something with. Um, and so I do that in two different ways. I have, um, you know, the one-on-one the -on -one coaching uh, and we do that for, we kind of have two different segments. So there's the working families that we work with. And Riley actually is the one who does the majority of one-on-one -on -one coaching with, with them. Um, and he has a, a lot of experience there and does an excellent job there. Um, I tend to spend more one-on-one -on -one time with people who are very near or already retired. Um, and so we have, a, a you know, in, in my opinion, a very unique approach, a very unique, uh, you know, solution, set of solutions for folks who are, um, you know, near or entering in retirement, especially if they are open to alternatives to the stock market, we can help them in the stock market. But if they're looking for other ways of investing and want to make sure they're doing that right and want to make sure that they kind of have all the ducks in a row, you know, before they enter into these, uh, you know, these new types of investments for most people, um, we can really, you know, help them tremendously uh, with that. Um, and so, you know, full, full disclosure, Eric and I have formed a, you know, an, an, a, a simple partnership on this. Um, and so I am, I'm very happy to have, you know, free coaching call with listeners of the wealthy trucker podcast and, um, want to be able to help, you know, know who's coming from, uh, you know, Eric's podcast. And so if you visit biblicalwealthsolutions.com slash wealthy trucker, just all one word, biblicalwealthsolutions.com slash wealthy trucker. Uh, I've made a, a, a custom landing page there. Um, that one is specifically for people who are interested in the retirement stuff. I've got a video on that page. Uh, for your listeners, Eric, that will talk about um, the biggest risks facing most families in retirement. And it's, it's not what most people think. Um, and so we talk about what that risk is and, um, and some very unique strategies of how to, how to address that. I can't believe we didn't talk about that. Um, so, so that video talks about creating compounding cash flow, um, which is a strategy that, that I named. I, someone else may call something that. I have no idea. I've never seen it anywhere. Um, but I was, as I was modeling this out one time, I was like, man, this is compounding the cash flow. And I was like, that's a really compelling idea. Um, that is a, that is an incredible strategy and, and way of thinking about what um, certain kinds of investment assets can do. Um, so the video on there is going to teach 
give an example uh, of what compounding cash flow is and how that can help uh, retirees deal with what is the, the true greatest risk that most of us face in retirement. Um, and so from that side, if someone did want to contact me, there's a button there. They can schedule a free coaching call. Uh, just happy to get to know them and have a conversation, uh, see you know, if and how we may be able to help them out. Perfect. Well, hey, Jared, it's been great. Um, I've enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed getting to learn more about you and uh, I look forward to having more. So this has been the Wealthy Trucker Podcast. My name is Eric Neely, signing off. The Wealthy Trucker is sponsored by my friends at Biblical Wealth Solutions. Jared Williams and his team of coaches and financial experts help their clients achieve financial freedom for God's glory. It's true that investing in multifamily and other types of real estate is a proven strategy to build wealth, but of course, there's more to wealth than just how you invest. I've known Jared and his team for a couple of years and have personally chosen to work with Biblical Wealth Solutions to help me be sure that I have a solid foundation of protection, savings, and control, as well as unique investment strategies to help me achieve financial freedom as quickly and successfully as possible. Biblical Wealth Solutions offers coaching, education, and tools to both retirees and working families. Today, they are offering Wealthy Trucker listeners a free one-hour coaching call to show you how to achieve financial freedom more quickly and effectively so that you can have the freedom of time to do all that God has uniquely called you to do. Schedule a free call today at biblicalwealthsolutions.com forward slash wealthy trucker. Again, that's biblicalwealthsolutions.com forward slash wealthy trucker. Now back to the wealthy trucker. This is Eric Neely from the Wealthy Trucker Podcast. Let's talk about your financial wealth for a minute. Are you taking it seriously? Do you know what you're invested in? Are your investments properly diversified? Or are you completely exposed to stock market fluctuations? Considering the volatility of the stock market, now is a great time to diversify into real assets. Multifamily real estate or apartment complexes are one of the safest, most stable, reliable assets to invest in. It's why life insurance companies and the ultra-wealthy tend to have multifamily assets in their portfolios. What most people don't know is almost anyone can invest in multifamily. I started investing in multifamily several years ago. It did so well for me that I decided to scale up and buy larger properties by partnering with people just like you. Now you have the opportunity to diversify out of the stock market and start investing in real assets. Real enough that you can drive by them and see just how well they're being taken care of. The awesome thing is, you don't have to get out and pick up the trash or mow the lawn. I take care of that. So if you're ready to invest like the wealthy do, get a hold of me. Visit febroscapital.com. That's www.febroscapital.com. Schedule a conversation with me. Let's produce some financial wealth together. This is a wealthy trucker. Signing off.